Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. Saul Marquez here again. And today I have the privilege of hosting the outstanding Hank Azowski. He is a founding member and managing partner of Strategic Health Group. Is an experienced healthcare executive and strategist who has provided leadership to commercial Medicare and Medicaid health plans for more than three decades. Formerly the senior vice president of corporate development for Scan Health Plan, Hank was a key member of the senior leadership team that turned the company around from a near-death experience into an exceptionally strong financial position and one of the largest nonprofit Medicare Advantage plans in the country. He led Scan's expansion into seven additional California counties and as well as uh, its first out-of-state expansion to Arizona, where Hank then served as president of Scan Health Plan Arizona and Scan Long-Term Care. He also led the organization's strategic planning efforts and initiated an innovation development regimen to seek improvements in care coordination practices and future care outcome protocols. He's a frequent speaker on critical issues facing Medicare and Medicaid programs. In 2011, Hank addressed the Managed Medicaid Congress about principles for structuring effective long-term care programs, as well as the Medicare Market Innovations Conference about opportunities for strengthening a plan's five-star quality rating. His reviews on some of the challenges facing the healthcare industry were published earlier this year in Payers and Providers. So as you can imagine, he is a wealth of knowledge in this space. Hank, so privileged to have you here with us. Thanks for joining. No, it's my honor. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Now, you know, is there anything that I left out of that bio? You've done so much. And I know that like we could probably have a five hour long podcast talking about that. <laughs> but anything you want to add? Uh, I don't think so, Saul. The opportunities that I have been fortunate to have especially recently as we've kind of shifted in the early years of our firm, you would have known all of our clients. They were national names. They were large healthcare provider systems moving into the healthcare health plan space. In the last four years, probably would have heard of almost none of our clients as we are moving wow. rapidly into the venture capital and private equity markets as they are launching into healthcare. So it's been a very interesting dynamic kind of change. It is fascinating and interesting. And so from knowing all of them to not knowing all of them, the market's big and it's dynamic. It so, absolutely is. Yeah. And it's shifting the way, you know, the players are shifting from where the dollars are coming from and who's playing. So I'm very intrigued with your perspective. So, Hank, what, what would you say is what moves you? Why did you pick healthcare? Healthcare probably picked me, you know, almost by serendipity, but I've really loved the work. I have grown up in business as a developer. I've started health plans for the last 30 years, and I just absolutely lucked into the healthcare space at a time when it was morphing from sort of a fee-for-service model to more of a managed care model. And I had the opportunity back then to be part of the strategic leadership of a couple of plans, thinking about how healthcare had to change 
in order for us to improve quality for members, to obtain some real efficiencies in the way we ran our business. So it it really found me. I didn't find it. Nice. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic, Hank. And uh, you know what? It found you and you answered the call and you've done a lot of great things. So talk to us about the work that you're doing at Strategic Health Group. What exactly are you guys doing? How are you offering value to the healthcare ecosystem? That's an interesting question. We start from the framework that we are healthcare consumers first before we are advisors. And so we take our knowledge of the infrastructure of the ecosystem and look for ways to find new solutions to higher quality, to more member engagement, meeting their particular needs, finding new solutions to some of the challenges of healthcare. One of the ways I think we bring significant value to to this is that we are not afraid, even though we've grown up in the healthcare system, we're not afraid to challenge some of the status quo. We're not afraid to look at new tech solutions. I've always been, I think, regarded as a somewhat of a risk taker. I'd like to think it was as an intelligent risk taker, not just risk for risk's sake, but thinking through how we can challenge the norms and improve the system for those patients, for those members who require healthcare services, particularly those who are the most vulnerable some of our long-term care patients, those with severe chronic illnesses. There's so much more that we can do. And I think we help challenge some of those. Part of the way we've done this, we've started a dozen health plans in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And much of the work with the plans who were starting up has been around new people who are coming to the market with new ideas. They are challenging conventional wisdom. They are challenging what we have always thought of as the healthcare infrastructure and how to approach it. And I think we're able to help them as strategic advisors to implement and focus on some markets where they can expand those concepts into the marketplace. Hmm. That's very interesting. You know, you guys have have started many health plans. So doing this, you're very familiar with the operations, with the labor, with the markets. What would you say makes what you do different and maybe better than what's available today? There's a ton of, you know, agencies out there that want to help. So what is it that you would say is the difference maker of what you guys offer? One of the things I think that is most important is we bring only individuals to the table who have had C-suite experience. So everybody on our team has been a member of the C-suite, CEO, president, chief medical officer, chief compliance officer. So that's the level of talent that we're bringing. And Mm. I'm not trying to downgrade those organizations. There are some really good consulting firms around the country. But many of them bring in untested, unexperienced individuals to the table, and and they're helping to learn. Now, they're very bright, but they haven't had the sort of the scars of mistakes. And Mm -hmm. we have certainly made our share over the years as executives. And our goal is to make sure that our clients don't make those same mistakes. It's a big difference maker. If you've been there and done that, you likely have the scars to show for it and are able to help. And, you know, if somebody with an MBA somewhere that hasn't been in that seat, they likely can't tell you those little intricacies, those those distinctions that your team probably has, right? 
you have to make tough decisions as a member of that C-suite, whether it's a clinical decision or a business decision, strategy decision. And unless you've been there and done that, it's tough to always assume that you know what you learn in a textbook is going to work in the real world. I, again, I'm not trying to downgrade or disrespect what those individuals bring to the table. But for an organization who wants tested leadership, I think that's the key difference for us. Yeah, and it, it makes a difference. If you're going to do something, learn from the best. Learn from the people that have been there, done that. So I'm really curious, Hank. You know, you had this, at the very beginning, Scan Health Plan, a near-death experience. Yes. And you guys turned it around. I mean, give me the high level on that. Because like, I, I'm just really curious about what you believe was the problem and then how you put it together to, to make it skyrocket. So the situation at the time that... A new leadership team came in and David Schmidt, who was the new CEO mm -hmm. who came in, the organization was under voluntary supervision with the state regulatory authorities. It had, I think they had taken their eye off the ball in terms of managing the risk that they were taking. That said, Dave brought in a completely, mostly new leadership team. There were a few folks who held over. But the formulation of the new team was to focus on reviving the financial stability of the organization and taking a number of tough actions to, to strengthen that foundation, but also to reinvigorate the organization around its mission. And I was honored to be part of that team. So we went from roughly 50,000 Medicare Advantage members mm -hmm. to over the course of Five or six years, we went from four counties in Southern California to 14 counties in total, from the 50,000 members to about 130,000 members, and more importantly, established an extremely strong foundation for or a financial foundation for the organization. We were able to literally get to investment grade in terms of our, our finances over the course of that time. It was a lot of hard work, and I don't want to. I, I was proud to be a member of the team that did it. It was a team of about about fifteen on the leadership group who all played a significant role in making it happen. We revised operations. We cut down on the number of provider contracts, and those groups that were not performing, not serving the members well. We terminated the contracts and moved to a core group of providers who were providing extraordinary service to members. So it took all of those features to strengthen the organization and get its footing. It now is you know, among the, it still is among the leading Medicare Advantage, regional Medicare Advantage plans in the country. It was at one point among the largest not-for-profit plans of the country. So I'm very proud of what our team accomplished. Absolutely. And when you were in that position, I mean, did you ever feel like you weren't going to make it? No. no. We knew it would be tough. It would be a long road. It wasn't going to happen overnight. But I had such confidence in my colleagues and Dave's leadership that as we progressed and took some of these hard steps, each positive step gave us more confidence that we were going to pull out of this. I love it. Yeah. It's that belief in your leadership. It's that belief in the strategy. You had it together. And thank you for, for answering that because I was just curious, right? I'm a big fan of turnarounds 
I love to learn. There's so many gems in that. And you you really just shared a lot of really great insights with us. So thanks. So thanks for indulging me on that. No, one. no, no not at all. <laughs> I love talking about what the team accomplished during that period. Yeah, for sure. And so congratulations on that. And you have a model that works and now you're helping others do it. So talk to us about right now what you guys are doing that makes business better for the folks you're you're working with. What I think makes business better is that and this is really an exciting time to be part of the healthcare ecosystem. As new players are coming in with ideas, particularly around technology and how to leverage the power of technology to make healthcare better for all of those patients, the individuals who call on us every day to make sure that they get the care they need when they need it. That to me is really exciting. And we've been fortunate to work with a number of people who have a concept and we get to help them take that concept to market. They want to improve the way care is delivered. They want to improve the way they interact and guide individuals. This system, which isn't really a healthcare system, it's you know a lot of some very good parts that have been interconnected. But it's not really a system, and it's difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. So a number of plans have come up with new ways to engage with their, their enrollees to help navigate through this complex maze. We love seeing that and helping them do that. We also have, have been able to, I think, bring some realism to where there are new opportunities. And again, as I said, you know, we ch- help them challenge some of the conventional wisdom. People said we shouldn't go into rural areas. Well, now with leveraging technology and telehealth, for example, you can start to think about providing opportunities to care for individuals in those, those rural markets. The CMS has really Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, who manage both the Medicaid and Medicare programs, has really given plans some opportunities to be flexible, to care for individuals with chronic illnesses in a way that talks to the influencers of their health conditions as much as the actual health conditions. So what are the things in the environment? Where are there? So we've heard a lot of talk about the social determinants of health over the last couple of years. Well, what are the influencers that if you can move the needle on some of those things, provide people with regular nutrition, if you can provide them with transportation to doctor's appointments or to get medication. And the CMS has been able to provide plans, the opportunity to be innovative and creative in terms of reaching out to those with multiple chronic illnesses. And often those are the individuals who are most at risk and highest users of services in the healthcare space. That's, uh, you know, that flexibility. And they've been really innovative in, in how they've enabled plans to do these things. I mean, it's, it's impressive, right? I mean, they, they've been very forward thinking. Yeah, it's one of the little known allowing plans that flexibility, not only in terms of pushing innovation, but giving the regulatory authority to allow plans to to be creative and innovative. And it's been great. That's great. You know, some people say that the next 10 years are going to bring about more change and more transformation than the last 100. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's true? I'm probably older than most. And so I still remember some of the the first computers. Um, (laughs) I remember fooling around with my kids' Apple IIc. and kind of watching them 
just the advantage of cell phones. I can remember that the first laptop I bought had less power, significantly less power than my iPhone does. So I'm watching the transition over the last few years. I do think that we will continue to progress. I think that we will continue to see advances. Unfortunately, I think the underlying structure of the healthcare system is going to be hard to change. And honestly, until you get into a situation, much like this pandemic has forced us to rethink a number of healthcare solutions, until we are forced to change some of that, I think there will be lots of resistance. But the technology is going to continue to push us. And I'm actually very optimistic about where we can go with that. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I am too. And I think, you, you know, you bring up a good point. There's always going to be that resistance. COVID has helped with some of that, but nevertheless, technology will continue to push. And as you think about the biggest setbacks, right, you've dealt with so much. You've gone through so many things, great things. But when you're building great things, setbacks happen. Which one of those setbacks would you say has been one of the biggest and how has it defined you? How has it made, made you better? That's really an interesting question. Several years ago, I was asked to come in and help turn around an insurance software organization. The organization had a, I think, a good product, but there was a lot of dysfunction internally and they didn't understand even basic concepts of, of marketing. As we brought some discipline to the organization and I think built a substantial foundation for growth. At that time, we were just about ready to push into the marketplace heavily when the parent organization was by a, a European company and they had zero interest in the software business. They didn't wow. want any part of technology. And so, again, we're at the starting gate ready to launch this, I think, a powerful foundation of insurance software. They said, shut it down. Wow. The painful part was that we had a team of people who believed in the vision that I had to face just before the holidays and say, sorry, folks, we're closing down. Oh, my gosh. And I promised myself at that point that I would never bury a company again. So whatever it takes to make it successful, I wish we had had the thought process back then to ask for time to go find a buyer because I think we could have sold it. But I, I believe that made me stronger in terms of some of our turnaround efforts that I've been involved in over the last few years that we're going to make them successful. Whatever it takes, we will will work. You know, the blood, sweat, and tears of the team will put us on the right path. And so I think that drove me to to never give up again. I love it. What a great story, Hank. And uh, wow, I can't even imagine. So how long did you guys work on this for before you had to shut it down right before the holidays? We probably worked about 18 months oh, man. to turn this organization around. Unfortunately, oh. we let some of the disgruntled players go, but kept a core group of people who were committed to making it work. And I think that was really the most painful thing for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you took me there with you, Hank. I was there, you know, like your story. I was just like, oh man, oh no, they got to bury this thing. Oh. And I can sense your commitment to never doing that again. You know, it's, it's awesome. I can see and hear and feel it from just your words. So great, great story. 
as you continue to do the exciting work that you're doing with the different models in healthcare, what are you most excited about today, Hank? I'm excited by the growth opportunities that are available in the marketplace today. I look at Medicare Advantage, for example, and I see that there are markets in the U.S. that are relatively untouched, and yet everybody is pushing for more value-based payments. Medicare is pushing for that. Medicaid programs are. And organization, provider organizations are willing to start accepting that kind of a payment mechanism. That opens up so many programs and so many markets that were untouchable even just a couple of years ago. I'm also excited by the fact that Some of the newer entrants are leveraging technology to bring new solutions for the beneficiaries. And I think that's that's very exciting. New care management protocols are being implemented. Some are calling them navigators, but there are people who are reaching out to the individual beneficiaries, the individual enrollees, to try and figure out what do they need and how can the health plan be the conduit to get that care to those individuals. We're moving away from acute care, reactionary kind of programs to much more proactive whole person health. And and I think that's a significant and dynamic shift in, in just the thought process of what can you do to keep people healthy and engage with them early, providing them with key resources that they need so that their health, while we may not be able to change those chronic conditions, we can at least mitigate somewhat the risk that those individuals face. So those are the things I'm really excited about. There is a lot to be excited about, Hank. And there's so much to do. And uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm excited about it too. And it's just fascinating to see it from your perspective as well, from the plan perspective and how that innovation and these different levers that you mentioned is going to change, you know, that acute care focus to every single day, whole person health. And that's exciting, super exciting. This has been fun. I want to do another one with you, Hank. But for now, (laughs) this has been awesome. What would you say is a closing thought that you'd give to the listeners today? Many plans listening as well. So we, we have a solid audience that you're speaking directly to. What would you give them as a closing thought and me, of course? Uh, and then what's the best place that folks can reach out to you to get some more information and engage? Well, again, Saul, thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. So the closing thought that I would share is... I would encourage plans to think strategically, but also to put aside conventional wisdom and look at how they can be more innovative and creative in delivering care to the individuals that have enrolled in their plans. We have an opportunity to change the trajectory of care to help individuals manage their own health. And I think that by being creative and innovative, plans have that opportunity to really be part of the change that's occurring rather than being a barrier to to that change. In terms of getting to us, folks can go to our website, thestrategichealthgroup.com, or they can call our central office. They can reach me at our office, which is 818-279-2196. Email me at hwosowski at strategichealthgroup.com. 
And I look forward to, if they have questions about anything we've discussed today, answering those questions. Again, you know, we're, we're just very excited to be part of this landscape today. Hank, this has been awesome. <clears throat> Fabulous examples and, um, and a very insightful discussion. I, I can't thank you enough. And certainly, listeners, make sure that if something Hank said resonated with you and, and really kind of spoke to maybe an opportunity within your plan, make sure to reach out to Hank. He's just a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure you'll be able to, to benefit from that. So Hank, thank you, and certainly looking forward to part two. Sounds great, Saul. Thank you. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.